0: Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, all praise be to Allah, the Lord of the worlds. Over 100 episodes, almost 40 different ethnic backgrounds, living in almost 30 different countries. In just two seasons, the Niqabi Diaries podcast has brought you the stories of Muslim women across the globe, women united in sisterhood by their commitment to the deen of Islam. Welcome to season three of the Nakabi Diaries podcast, where inshallah, we will continue to bring you the stories of the women behind the veil, the Nakabi Diaries, our experiences, our perspectives, our voices. I'm your host Samar, and thank you for listening. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. rahmatullahi warahmatullahi barakatuh Welcome to the Nakabi Diary Season Three. And um, we have a sister here. Sister, could you please introduce yourself for us and tell the listeners a little bit about what you do, inshallah. Assalamu
1: alaikum, my name is Ali and I am from Karachi, Pakistan. I am an artist and illustrator. I've been practicing um, since 2015 and recently I'm doing my um, Fine Arts degree in New Media, which is Animation and uh, Illustration. I've been doing niqab since I think 2016 when I was 16 years old. And I'm really excited to be here to share my journey and hopefully help, inshallah.
0: Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. So, Sister Fatima Nadeem, mashallah welcome and thank you so much for taking your time for us today so sister could you give us some of your um islamic background how did you how was you you know raised was you raised in a muslim family islamic upbringing how did you come to the point of wearing the naqab can you give us some of that please inshallah
1: yes uh first of all thank you for having me and <laughs> this is like a great way to share my story and Hopefully, like it helps other sisters as well, inshallah. inshallah. Um, so basically, I grew up in a Muslim household, but I was never exposed to Islam in a way. Um, it was showed to me as something that is you know very black and white and very strict. Um, we have to offer prayers and we have to abstain from certain things. I never knew why we were doing a lot of things that we were doing. Um, I just remember Islam being initially just me offering prayer and reading Quran. Uh, and uh, yeah, that was it. That was like a very small um, perspective into what Deen actually is. Uh, but alhamdulillah, years later, I came across this um, group of uh, sisters and they were basically uh, going to this um Madarsa, which is uh, in Karachi and it's called Zainab Academy. So I got to know about it through a relative and then me and my sisters just decided to go one day and see how what's happening over there and how uh, they're navigating through um, Islam and how they're kind of uh, what what perspective they're sharing. So basically, this was the first time I was being exposed to a new environment where Deen was being, you know, celebrated. And there was a very positive outlook with uh, Islam as well. I w- I grew up on something that was very, you know, that Allah Ta'ala will get angry with you. And if you don't do this, then you are displeasing him. I was never taught that there is a lot of love in Deen. There's a lot of mm-hmm. um, hikmat and there's a lot of uh, sort of this uh, it's a safe space instead of something that you know you have to be very uh, upright and strict so the, at Zainab Academy is like the first place where I was exposed to a new and a very um, beautiful version of Islam mm-hmm. and there I uh, basically had attended a lot of talks and I got to know a lot of teachers who um, were of like uh, younger teachers who were uh, uh giving these talks and they're also very modest and very um like I felt like their modesty or them doing niqab was not uh barring them in any sense so there I was like that was the first time I got to know about modesty and what it truly is instead of just you know just wearing hijab or just uh wearing covering uh covering your body So that was the first time I got to know about the other uh, sahabiyat who used to uh, do hijab. And their other people were also sharing their stories. And that really inspired me into actually understand. It is something that is beautiful for me. Mm -hmm. So um, initially I got into hijab and I did it. Uh, it was a little difficult because my school didn't allow me to wear hijab even though um, yeah it was it was a very difficult time in my life because as a teenager you're very conscious about your looks and Mm -hmm. you want to be socially accepted and you feel left out in a lot of situations and I was very I, I was very like shy and introverted so it was difficult for me to you know, adapt to that uh, publicly because even with relatives and friends, I used to hesitate a lot. So with even in my school, like we, if we had any events where we were allowed to wear um, casual clothes, mm-hmm. I won the I remember this sports day we had, and that was the first time I was wearing his up to school, and it was a very like all i remember is you know just panicking and being anxious and all eyes are on me and it was it was scary to go through that because i did not know how to be confident as a teen and it was something that i definitely struggled with but i feel like that helped me uh prepare myself for doing nikah
0: so you, you was you got the hijab uh, the first time on yeah. sports day
1: so I started hijab wherever I was going, but because? I never wore it to school because we weren't allowed to nice. wear something other than our uniform. Yeah. So okay. even when I asked like my principal, she did not allow us to wear uh, hijab or the pattas. So that was something that really scared me because I was like, if going to school, I wouldn't be wearing hijab. But mm-hmm. when I came back, I used to have a scarf in my bag and I used to wear it in the car. Yes. Uh, so that was something, that was definitely a struggle. Um, and so in 2016, I think, uh, we went for Umrah. Uh, and that was like the point where I decided that uh, when I come back, I will just permanently do niqab. At that point, I was just doing niqab. I went to marketplaces or... Wherever I felt comfortable wearing it, so I wasn't doing like Sharia but I was practicing some aspects of that. So when we came back, I, alhamdulillah um, I took the niqab, and I, at that point, I didn't feel that scared when I started hijab. I was confident about it. I was happy with my decision, and I was, I felt safe in the sense that even if somebody, you know is not okay with me doing a cup that wouldn't affect my decision and I would be proud of it anyway so that was the point where I and even like before that my sister really motivated me and I used to even ask her and she used to motivate me like you know it's okay you just start and it's going to get easier so that was my journey to starting it up so it was a you know it was a crazy ride but I got to doing it, Alhamdulillah.
0: Okay, Siphan, so you know, Rasha, it like, sounds amazing, but I've, I still have some questions, okay, for you from, like, some of the things that you've said here. So, yeah. Okay, so let's just, just for the listeners, let's just take this little bit vibe, a little bit, inshallah, okay? Um, Is it right, you, you live in, in Pakistan? Yes. And the school that you went to doesn't allow you to wear hijab? Yeah, so, yeah, I know
1: it sounds very it sounds like we living in a muslim country we do have these schools they're private schools. they they have like there is no there I, I would say there are like two sides mm-hmm. like some people some schools like allow a lot of diversity yes but there are some schools who do not uh, talk about religion at all in mm-hmm. any aspect and they don't even allow other people to practice it mm-hmm. so it, it's like two falls apart and it's, yeah it's very weird to say that i live in a muslim country but i wasn't allowed to do hijab
0: in school so yeah that, that happened <laughs> i just felt like it was important to clarify that because obviously for many listeners yeah you know they wouldn't you know it's not something that would even enter their minds subhanallah so it's important in that mm. you're in these experiences it's really good so um you used to keep the you said you used to keep your scarf in your bag um, you know you wear it in the car and then you would take it off and mm. put it in your bag when you go to school so how did your how how was it um, from your parents like how did they react to you when you started putting the hijab on like what was their response to that
1: so when we started going to Zainab Academy we also took our mother along and it was like the first time our entire family was being exposed to Islam in a way Mm -hmm. where it was more welcoming it was more loving it was more peaceful so they even when we didn't know about uh, Dean and what we, our parents never usually, uh, you know, were strict on us about our clothing. So Alhamdulillah, they were very like, they never, until uh, we did niqab, that was like a different story, but with hijab and uh, changing our attire, they never stopped us from that. And they understood, kind of understood my stress, uh, you know, school as well. I couldn't even change my school to, to read some reasons, but They were okay with it, they used to understand my struggle, they used to, uh, they, I I never got any kind of, you know, difficulty from their side, which is, I think, good, because when you have pressure from parents, you're kind of, you know, stuck in this, of
0: course,
1: uh, spot where you're like, what do I do, Mm -hmm. so, Alhamdulillah, they never kind of put that pressure on me and they understood that. I I can't go against school rules and I have to you know adapt for
0: now. So yeah. So is your um, was your mom wearing the hijab as well? Uh yes. Okay, Alhamdulillah. So
1: she already uh to cover her head when we were here. So yes. She was already doing hijab and then we also started. So yeah.
0: Alhamdulillah. So um when you went for Umrah. Um, mashallah. Um, did you start to practice wearing the naqab then like during your journey or what was it in that time that m- became a turning point for you that you decided that when you come back to your home country you would just, you wanted to wear the actual naqab?
1: So before we uh, went for Umrah there, there were some like points where you know we would go to the market and we would go in public spaces and I just felt really exposed and even though I was doing the hijab, I just felt that I wasn't comfortable being this way and seeing my sister, I felt like she was in, like she is very safe and her, the way she used to dress up used to inspire me. So I just because of, you know, like social pressure and like not understanding how I would adapt as a agabi in those, uh, in, so in social situations. Mm-hmm. So, I was already like inclined towards starting it. I just didn't know when, so with umrah I, I felt like it was a very safe part a safe time where you know everyone is um it's like a spiritual journey on its own. so yeah. I just decided to start there and then, and like my family wasn't opposing it, and my sister was supporting me a lot, so I took that opportunity and That was like, uh, even like the ahram that we did with like, you know, those cap niqabs Mm -hmm. (laughs) which are not touching your face. So we wore those and it was, that was like a struggle that I can never forget because uh, I had to, like my mother had to help me uh, walk around because it was so difficult to look through that. Uh, But that was something that really helped with my journey and understanding how you know this. This is the struggle is part of it. So I'm glad I started before going to Umrah. And then that was it. That there, there was when I made the decision, gave that I'm going to just, just start and not think about it a lot. So I came back and then I continued to do it wherever I was going.
0: Alhamdulillah. So you mentioned in the beginning the, about this Islamic Academy. So um, was, it, was the niqab mm. something that was encouraged, um, which is why you kind of was, you know, gearing towards wanting to wear it? Was, is, is, mm. Did you see a lot of other sisters wearing the niqab there?
1: So what, I, what really touched me when I went to this academy was that nothing was, you know, they were not forcing us to do anything. And everyone was welcome, every person of every age, any background, however, they were dressed, wherever they were spiritually, that didn't matter as long as oh, we all are there for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and learning His deen and understanding His uh, what He's saying in the Quran. So, what I what really found me there was that it there was no point where a teacher or any student would come up to me or say that I think you should start doing hijab or I think mm-hmm. you should start doing agab. that was not even addressed indirectly. So just understanding Dean and starting to, you know, uh, fall in love with the role models of Dean. that kind of, I was like, I want to be like them. So to imitate their, you know, attire and their behavior and their manners, because it was so inspiring to see them adapt uh, Islam into their, uh, into their personality. That was what inspired me to, you know, take that step into uh, understanding deen and then doing nikah and then changing my behavior and all of that so it was just their ikhlas that kind of inspired me I know this is something very cliche but when you experience it 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 makes sense because you see these people who are you know so into deen but they're so well-mannered and they are empathetic and you just get inspired by them and you just want to be like them so I used to see these sisters who used to do niqab and hijab and the way they used to talk to me and understand my problems and in and that really helped me with my journey as well.
0: Mashallah, mashallah. So um since we're in the niqab, um, you know, from you said how old is you at the time?
1: I was in my A level so I
0: was um
1: eighteen years
0: old, 18. I think.
1: So it's yeah. So, yeah. How,
0: so how have you found it since then? Did, have you found it like have you found it challenging at times? Like was it easy for you to actually like, start wearing it?
1: So yes, it was easy for me to start, and I actually didn't realize how afterwards that it it is it's like a very big step that you take um in your life because dean over here like especially in my family and in my surroundings, is very like distorted and everyone has kind of a very um, narrow minded view of dean itself so a lot of us don't even understand what nikab is and why people do it so starting it was i was unaware of how what kind of hardships I would be facing but I was still you know confident and happy with uh, by starting I, definitely there's a lot of struggle that I'm still thinking <laughs> up to this day but how to do those things and how to um, face such people in such situations so that was when I started at 18, I was very unaware of the things that were to come, <laughs> which I will be sharing. But Yeah.
0: SubhanAllah. So um, what kind of, um, have you have you faced any kind of abuse for wearing the um, niqab then, since wearing it?
1: A lot of times when I did, you know, get judged by a lot of people, which I didn't even know they were judging me until later when I realized that people are not aware of, they have this stereotype that um uh, they they have a very kind of this outlook they're the same they're not very intellectual they're not to speak english so these are like some mm-hmm. basic and we associate with Nikabis over here and even if then me and my sister started my family and relatives would be like why are you doing this and they were treated as something that we're, we're kind of limiting ourselves and uh, limiting ourselves in the sense that we're cutting ourselves off from you know, socializing and it's bad to do niqab and like weddings and uh, at dinners and you don't have to do niqab from everyone. And, you know, they kind of had this um, assumption that they, they should, like we should not be doing niqab because you know you can't we can't see your face we don't know if you're smiling and they felt like and that there was like a barrier of this communication mm-hmm. so uh, there were like a lot of times our relatives would be like uh, um they wouldn't be they would always make like a point to discuss our makeup and our abaya and comment on it in a way that we would feel insecure and make it, make it into like a point of discussion that you know you shouldn't wear an abaya because we are at a dinner maybe you can wear clothes and dress up and they were not even if we we dressed up and wore fancy abayas they wouldn't take that seriously and be like oh you should wear clothes and you know you can take your abaya off now and always kind of uh, policing us on who we should be doing in car from and who we shouldn't be. So in the beginning that definitely was a struggle was our families are not very well aware of things and we weren't either. So to you know create that awareness and be confident and not you know falter was took a lot of strength. Like I really struggled and just so when I started, Nikab, that was like my last year at college, which is A levels, and then I got into university, which is where I'm studying right now. And that was also when I really struggled with making friends because I go to an art school, so and at an art school, you wouldn't expect um, niqabis or hijabis study because people assume that we are in a very um. I would say Islamic and, you know, you wouldn't uh, get into those things or Nikabis are very um, quiet and they don't uh, take part in activities or they're not very social. Uh, So when I used to go into class, I used to feel like I'm not, I am already very introverted and shy. So I Mm -hmm. didn't socialize a lot. And that with my nikab, people who felt hesitated to approach me. So, in the beginning, I really struggled with talking to people, and even with teachers, they would kind of have this uh, assumption that I wouldn't be, you know, very vocal and I would struggle. So I kind of use here is where I kind of use my work to uh, make. I feel like people kind of underestimate Nikabis and Hijabis mm-hmm. a lot. I would say more Nikabis because hij- hij- Hijabis are. And with Niqab, you can't really, you know, you feel like you have a barrier of communication. Yes. But we are limited in a lot of situations. Mm-hmm. So I would use my work to kind of make that Niqab, I can also be an artist. So my work, I, I think it took me a long time, almost a year, to come to terms with the fact that other people are not going to approach me. Other people are not going to understand Um. Me because there's not a lot of awareness about niqabis So when I made friends, even then, uh, like they told me once that because of me, they kind of understood what niqab is. And yeah, are very diverse, and mm-hmm. they can do what whatever they like, and they can pursue different careers. There, they can be working women. They can be artists. They can be photographers. They can be illustrators. They can. Uh, they can also uh, pursue fashion. So through that, I kind of understood how unaware uh, people are about nikabis and why they do Nikab and their potential. So yes, I definitely struggled with, uh, you know, being present in the class and kind of other people taking me seriously. And I feel Mm -hmm. like I always have to make extra effort to, you know, for the other person to take me seriously and understand okay I'm like a I, I am a different individual I'm not just you know just like every other nigabi because every nigabi is unique and they have their own personality and their individuality mm-hmm. so alhamdulillah for my friends at university because they uh once they understood me and they uh, got to know me personally they kind of understood what nigar means to me and um Sometimes when I'm very demotivated or not feeling good about myself, they're always there to, you know, uh, motivate me and uh, they're always hyping me up and they always um, kind of um, aspire and they always co- compliment my outfits and um, compliment my makeup. So that really pushes me to, you know, keep going and be my look and who I am, which is so that really helps when there are people around you uh understand your struggle and are empathetic uh they that really helps there have been like a lot of situations where I would meet a new person and they would have like that same reaction to oh my god who how should I talk to this person because they're doing so it up
0: enough. yeah and my
1: friends would be like no, no she's really she's really fun she's really chill you can talk to her uh just I mean they would you know kind of ease out the situation and help both of us to socialize and understand mm-hmm. because we have these uh, pre-made assumptions that we have, uh, you know, break these stereotypes. So they also helped me out a lot, which is
0: amazing. Me, you know, keep going. So, so sister, w- would you say that it was um, difficult to make friends initially then from what you're saying? And because you was wearing the niqab, did it take some time?
1: Like a year to understand that other people are not going to approach me because, first of all, I was very shy and introverted. I wouldn't talk, so the other person doesn't really know me personally. Mm -hmm. And also, with the niqab, people do hesitate to approach and talk to people such uh, to niqabis because there is an assumption that they're very Islamic and they're very strict and yes. they would um, they would not you know get they they would they would not joke they don't know anything about um, trends or they're not up to date with movies or I mean they kind of Nikabis are like stripped of their indig- individuality and they're just mm-hmm. seen as this you know Islamic figure when in fact it's just you know me, me as a struggling Muslim trying to you know practice my being and I, yes, definitely we make mistakes and we falter and we struggle with our numbers. So it's all part of, you know, it's just being human and that kind of goes away with these stereotypes. So I came to terms and had to make like an extra effort myself to make friends. And with that, I understood that as long, I mean, other people should definitely uh not hesitate with talking to Nagabis, and they should question the stereotypes they have been mm-hmm. fed, and the things that they already assume and kind of be more empathetic but it also you know takes an effort from me to put myself out there and be yes. more confident so yeah. uh, I had to you know break away from being shy I had to push myself a lot
0: mm-hmm. and
1: even though I was very uncomfortable because I still am an introvert yes but I have to
0: in certain situations yes and it's interesting that you said that because i think a lot of sisters who are introverted have these challenges as well so it's not just because you're wearing the naqab itself it's just part of Mm. your personality so you know anybody shy and you know a little bit quiet and not forthcoming you know to you know be looking to make friends just like that you know these things do take Mm. time Subhanallah. Hmm. so um sister on that note would you describe the niqab as being a barrier and if so in which sense would you um you know how would you how would does uh, the term barrier um you know feel to you so
1: i wouldn't say it is a barrier for myself in a way that you can always you know i always think about it in a way that If I want to do, you know, horse riding, or if I want to take part in sports, there is definitely a way of, you know, still doing niqab and being modest while doing those things. You just have to, you know, make make an effort into still pursuing your niqab while doing those things. I don't think there's a barrier from you being stopped in uh, pursuing any kind of career, any kind of. Uh, sports or uh, any kind of activity, but I still feel there are a lot of social barriers that we have. There are m- many situations where I feel left out of the conversation or uh, in a social sense because I'm doing a job or I don't look like every, I don't look, you can't see my face or you can't see my expressions. So, I feel like there are like social settings where Nikabis are not very welcome um it can be a corporate job or it can be um a dinner or a party or it can be a social situation mm-hmm. and i think that's because people don't have that awareness and they still you know underestimate you just because you're op- you visually look like a muslim even though muslims look there's a very diverse uh, visual of Muslims. you don't have to you know look like that. So you people have this um, stereotype that uh, the Nakababi are Arabic and they are very Islamic and they don't know English. So these kind of things I think till now there are still people who have this stereotype even though it's 2021 and even if you go on social media there are so many Nakababi doing so many things. So I think it's just like that lack of awareness that causes these barriers. And we have to, you know, continuously put ourselves out there to break them. So, and obviously there's a barrier of, you know, uh, men not being able to approach you. And I've always had this whenever, you know, I go to a shop or I'm talking to any kind of student or teacher they always you know, feel awkward in the conversation just because I'm doing naqab. So there have been a lot of situations where they're not able to answer me or I'm not able to talk to them. So I I'm, I don't know how to put this into words, but I feel like there's like a social barrier to these things which come with naqab because people feel like you're not very accessible and you're not very approachable just because you visually look that way. And two, I don't think we have everyone's opinions, but we can uh, kind of, you know, create awareness in our own circles and friends. Um, and that's what I've been doing myself. So it's just, you just, I, I feel like you should just um, be confident with yourself and believe in yourself in and not think of Niqab as a barrier for you. Because that will uh, be social and be just uh, uh, be confident in that situation where you feel like you would be left out. Absolutely. And this is what I've learned other niggabis as uh, other Nikabis as well. Because I uh, I recently followed um, a sister on Instagram and she is she travels a lot on her own and I was really inspired by her story. Um, so I kind of reached out to her to, you know, ask her, okay, how do you travel to so many countries? I've always heard stories about Islamophobia and especially with niqabi women. Mm-hmm. So, it's just her, her um, you know, it's her strength to kind of still keep that niqab on for all of these trips and all of these countries and that, that's just her advice, you know, and be kind of trust yourself Mm-hmm. and then other what other people are doing in other situations happening are not really going to affect you if you just uh have the, you know leave that self-doubt behind so it's just that you we have to like continuously keep ourselves motivated it's it takes a lot of for me it takes a lot of mental and emotional and mental strength to continuously you know confident and it has affected me in a way that last year was like a very high peak where I was really enjoying my niqab and my outfit mm-hmm. I was really happy spiritually and uh, even if there were people who there were situations where I felt I was I was left out it really didn't affect me because I it didn't matter to me as long as I was following Allah uh, as long as I was following deen and i was doing it for the sake of allah subhanahu wa taala so mm-hmm. that was what i was aiming for while doing niqab. but sometimes like right now i'm i feel like i'm spiritually very low so there are situations where i feel like the niqab kind of becomes difficult to do because you're you are not uh, healing yourself spiritually so i i feel like we need to like acknowledge these ups and downs because it does take a lot it takes a toll on you to, you know always make the effort to put yourself out there always being the one who steps up first so it takes it kind of at the, at some point and you're like i'm so tired like you know going on anymore so we just need to kind of acknowledge these ups and downs so and, and these struggles of sometimes you want to be modest and wear niqab and you're confident that, and sometimes you feel like oh, I wish I could you know wear a dress and open my hair, and, uh, and not wear the niqab in certain situations. So as a human, I feel like we will always have these feelings, and um, our spirit, spirituality and our connection with with Dean will fluctuate. We just need to know how to come back to the point where we were very uh, motivated and connected to Allah. Oh, so it's just the Allah. journey it's just the journey of you know going back and forth it's just reminding yourself to, of your real uh, belief and your real purpose uh, of this world Alhamdulillah.
0: so sister can i ask you um you know, I, I like your account. You've got a really, mashallah, a beautiful art account on Instagram. And just listening to you now, sister! Um, you know, from a fellow artist as well, Alhamdulillah, it's really beautiful. I love to see your images. <laughs> and, you know, from what you've said now about, you know, especially struggling spiritually sometimes ups and downs, I, I noticed that with, you, you know, you mm. kind of seem to express this through your art as well on instagram and or, or another thing mm. that I do like is that you know um even being a Aqabi and you, you do put yourself out there as being a sister who's wearing the naqab but you uh, you know it's not your main kind of focus for your for your page it, your your focus is really mm. your art itself and expressing yourself in a in a way that you're communicating you know your thoughts and your feelings mm through your artwork which is really very beautiful because it's nice that you mentioned um, you know that we do as niqabis have struggles and especially i think when you're in the kind of arts industry and even the fashion industry you know there's so much fitness that's involved hmm. because your peers around you hmm. you know they not necessarily hmm. muslim not necessarily even practicing even if they are muslim so there's a lot of fitness for us and temptation when you look at them and maybe you might feel at times that they are you know they're more successful than you for example or that or that they might be getting better opportunities than you because mm. they are they are not practicing or they are not muslim and subhanallah i really admire you for you know kind of sticking to your ground and sticking to your principles and i think it's important that you know we do kind of have this kind of network of support, which um, the online um, community does give us as well, but definitely on the ground too. So Hamza, you have your family with you, and you know that they support you in this. It's it, it is very um, beneficial, Marcella. But I'm just I'm just glad that you brought up this um, this this kind of um, angle because you're the, I think um well I've spoken to another sister who is in the fashion industry actually um. Humna Nadim, mm. she she's mashallah, she was a, she's also a fashion designer and um, and Pakistani as well, mashallah. She she mentions about these things too, you know that you know when she did start to wear the niqab, that subhanallah, like there were some challenges because other people in the industry um, some of them was you know telling her, well, how can you be doing fashion design and you know now you decided to yeah. wear the niqab and things but you know Mm. she felt that you know once she started doing it that was it for her and she wanted to make that commitment you know for the sake of Allah subhanAllah so it goes to show we can do these things but at the same time where the naqab doesn't make us pious overnight and we do have our struggles with trying Mm. to still adhere Mm. to our religion as much as possible so what I wanted to just um I suppose with all that I've just said now Um, you know I just admire you and I want to encourage you as well to you know keep as you are doing inshallah and you know definitely as a young sister don't don't fall into the um, traps and temptations that you know Hmm. you may see others doing for example where they um, you know when you are maybe for example having struggles at times with um, your naqab or hijab don't compromise by even putting those things on the social media necessarily in like you know for people to see if you do do you see what i'm trying to say because sometimes you know if you have a bad day maybe you feel like oh like i don't want to wear my neck up properly or let me just kind of style it up or something like that sometimes people put these things out there um almost as if like you know to to look for support um in, in where that where they're struggling hmm. to do something but they know they're not doing it in the correct way but looking for almost permission that they can still do something that they know isn't the right way, but, you know, by getting um, popularity or approval from others, it makes them feel comfortable um, where they are in that. Am I making any sense? Like, do you 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 understand what I'm trying to say? Because sometimes we can do something that isn't fully correct because we do have struggles. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But Mm -hmm. when we have those struggles, instead of, you know, putting them on social media so people can look at us, and feel like oh look she's doing that so it's okay for me to do that too mm-hmm. we should you know we should wrestle with those things personally and try to overcome them mm-hmm. and you know try to encourage mm-hmm. each other and obviously ourselves but always try to put the best image out there because this is as Allah SWT has told us in the hadith that You know, any sins that we do privately, he will cover them. But when we put our sins out and Mm. outward and tell people, that's, you know, then, you know, we he doesn't like that, subhanAllah, because that makes the sin even more worse.
1: Yeah, I think like that. um, Definitely, I've never thought from that perspective. And Jalaka al for sharing that because that really helps me in understanding how I should. Uh, confront my struggle as well Mm -hmm. so with that I feel like uh, we should be connected with people in our life uh, who remind us of these things and keep ourselves connected to spirituality in some way or the other and these uh, like kind of talks and groups are so accessible nowadays Um, uh, there have been so many podcasts and um, even like worldwide uh, events where you can take part and Listen to other stories, and these are like a very intimate events as well. It's not something you know, it's not like a, uh, something that is very on a very large scale. So, I personally have been following Skater Uktis. I'm not sure if you know about them.
0: Um, oh, Skater Uktis,
1: yeah. So, basically, it's like a global um skate group where they're, they're on their Kind of talking about Muslim female females who are skating. Okay. So they have these uh, spiritual sessions every Tuesday, and mm-hmm. they invite uh, different uh, Muslim women from different careers and backgrounds who share uh, the who share inside the topic of the week. So they always have th- this. This is like a very tight knit community of sisters who we always like. Last session we kind of discuss our struggle with prayer and how to plan our day according to prayer so even if you're talking about these things it really helps you as a Muslim because Mm -hmm. you don't feel alone in your struggle and you um, kind of understand that other people are also struggling but they're also pushing through so having like these friends and these groups really keeps you grounded and it helps you it kind of reminds you of your true purpose and why you are doing something so i definitely feel like you should uh speak about your struggles but to the right people who will kind of uh, you know back tra- kind of help you get back on track yeah
0: definitely. and
1: uh, yeah
0: definitely mashallah so it was really really important so you know on that note okay we've talked a little bit about um like sisters wearing hijab and obviously your experiences is wearing the hijab but do you think that there's Mm. a difference between how um, the sisters who wear the hijab get treated compared to sisters who wear the naqab?
1: I think definitely because uh, people uh, like what I have experienced so far and I see on like social media as well everything and every person kind of you know works visually like mm-hmm. you would approach someone if they are pretty and you would talk to someone if they look nice so everything as humans we um, process everything visually so I, I feel like hijabis definitely have their own struggles I'm not going to disregard that and there has been like a lot of uh, Islamophobia happening with them as well so they also have struggles and I feel like Nikabis also have Struggles where they are kind of cut off from uh, the social social situations and they're underestimated and people kind of hesitate to approach them and uh, have this don't uh, they don't even you know want to break their assumptions about people so I feel like both as Negabis and Hijabis we have to prove ourselves to build for them to, you know, take us seriously. So, yeah, I feel like both do struggle in their own ways. Um, and it's just like the lack of awareness and the lack of empathy from other people who don't understand religion. And even if they, uh, they don't want to understand religion, they don't have the empathy to, you know, just let the other person practice whatever they're practicing. Mm-hmm. So,
0: Hello? Sister? Hello? Hello? Yes, I can hear you now. Oh yes, it, it just cut, cut off a little bit. So you're saying that um, even if um, you're practicing and it just cut off from there?
1: Yeah, so uh, for people who are practicing or not practicing, it's just, you know, uh, everybody thinks it's their business to comment on somebody's hijab or somebody's niqab or what they're wearing mm-hmm. um if we would just let other people practice their religion and practice whatever they're practicing it would be a much safer space for everyone but i think the world just works like that unfortunately yes
0: yeah, subhanallah subhanallah not a lot fire rectify affairs i mean so um, sister, could you tell me what would you advise other young sisters like yourself who are interested in wearing the niqab as well, but they don't have the yeah. confidence to do so? I think uh,
1: is that you need a lot of spiritual strength and your, uh, I think your priority in belief. I feel like with niqab we need to put all of that trust and all of that um, expectation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inside from people uh we should not uh for personally as well i feel like we should not have this expectation from other people where they would be very accepting and very empathetic uh i would personally would keep that expectation of Allah Sanatala because he's merciful he's helpful and he is the one and all who is in control of mm-hmm. all that is happening around me with me so i'd rather you know pray to him and put my energy into making dua and making uh, and offering salah and offering hajat yeah. and it's the hard to yeah. make my journey easier so i think that would definitely be the first step uh and just you know making an intention really helps even if you just just uh, think of, you know, okay, I'll start Nikah really soon. And you start, you know, praying and making dua. And uh, somehow, somewhere, some kind of, you know, um, Allah opens up certain doors and He sends different people. And at some point, you do feel like my duas are being answered because there have been points where I have been struggling and I don't even feel like making dua. I just have this, you know, in my heart and I kind of think about it I'm struggling right now and it's really difficult and somehow somebody you know messages me or calls me up or I talk to someone who brings me back to uh, you know the right thing and kind of reminds you of why I'm doing it up so I think the first the very first step and something that will keep you going in your journey is to you know be connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, be it through or namaz or you know just with your heart so um, yeah I think that's the first step and then surrounding yourself with people who will connect keep you connected to being uh, I feel like social media also plays like a huge role in our perception of you know what is beautiful what is good what is bad so I think surrounding yourself with people and also keeping your um, following people who are inspiring you to follow your deen and uh, be modest. Um, It doesn't have to be Islamic speakers or um, reminder pages. It can be uh, just, you know, a person who is doing hijab or doing niqab and you really like their style or the way they talk or the way they post. And it just keeps you connected to people who are uh, connected to Allah. So it's just your you need to like kind of keep your spiritual self uh very active and very strong to help your you know physical body That's and physical definitely, definitely. person to keep doing niqab and uh doing hijab so and also my advice even to my younger self would be to acknowledge your struggle because you Uh, even if you are very confident there will be parts where there will be instances where where you will not feel confident confident about yourself you will have self-doubt you will question yourself so it's okay to feel that feel that emotion and uh, like Allah has given us these emotions to feel them Mm -hmm. so it is okay to have these struggles and then you have if you have like a group of people or friends who you can voice these struggles to and they can help you out if we look into like the stories of the prophets and sahabiyat i think we think seeing their struggle and their journey towards things really helps us understand and relate to them uh obviously we uh, our level of spirituality and our situations are very different from theirs but you still you know feel uh in by reading those stories because you know that they also they went through very harsh situations but they still um had their give the priority to the deen and to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, yeah, again, you know, keeping yourself aware with three is and then being connected to people who are connected to Deen um and
0: continuous dua. So inshallah inshallah that's really beautiful advice, sister, about barik. So um, have you, in your time, met any sisters who really wanted to wear the naqab but they was not allowed to wear it, maybe because of family or otherwise? And um, also, have you ever met any sisters who've been forced into wearing the naqab?
1: Yes, I've had. And um, I think it's a very subjective situation where it depends if you can, you know, help them out with in some way. But I have met people even online and in person Mm -hmm. where has become you know a struggle and have faced some kind of situation. So they they also share their stories and how they still you know uh, kept doing their niqab so hearing other people's uh, stories really helps as well because sometimes you know uh, something happens someone passes a comment and, and you feel really terrible about yourself but then you also read stories from other nikah and others and um uh, you kind of make peace with that because you know that this uh, uh, taking up like um doing something for allah has its own struggles so he and he is continuously going to test us on these things to bring us back and make us even more stronger so that really helps and sisters who are forced into it i've not really um have had any um friends or people who are forced into niqab but i do have some friends who are forced into hijab and
0: subhanallah
1: and that affect their perception of deen and it really mm. makes me sad that um they have had such a bad experience with islam and mm. they are unable to you know look past that because it really it's something even if it's something very personal and then something very intimate with hijab and gab you can't really force anyone to do it and be happy with it so and especially when it's parents or people who you can't say no to it's really hard to see them go through that and struggle through that because they are they kind of it's like that's their trauma and they can't really look past that and that's their that's their perception of islam so it is definitely very hard to see that happening um and i hope that doesn't happen i just feel like this is just because of the lack of awareness of deen and how to and also how to parent because usually this the forceful hijab is usually for Spouse, so mm-hmm. I guess it's just like the lack of awareness and the lack of, you know, embodying the
0: true. Yes, yeah, SubhanAllah. Allah. Uh, yes, yeah, sister, I I forgot to ask you earlier on. Um, obviously you mentioned that you started Wanda after coming back from Umrah, but have you had any experience traveling hmm. with Wanda at all?
1: I haven't traveled a lot after. Uh, wearing niqab I did go on like a school trip but that was uh, not that was like we just had a road trip okay. so there I was kind of struggling not because of my niqab but because of like not being able to socialize so I wouldn't say that it was because of my niqab I actually nice. really enjoyed doing niqab on that trip because I also planned Buddhist outfits and it was fun to you know travel uh, with that so uh, alhamdulillah not any bad experiences uh but uh i think it's just like the security check that we went to mm-hmm. at omra where i had to take off my niqab. Uh, it was like a very minor thing but i still still felt like kind of violated to you know still take off my niqab and uh have to show my face to for security but i think you can't really avoid that in some situations mm-hmm. so if uh, unless it's like very, unless they're being very harsh, I don't think that should affect um you, your naga or your, you know, feelings. So I think it's, it depends. And I pray that nobody goes through something, the, because I've heard a lot of stories yes, uh, with like airport checks and security, where there's a lot of Islamophobia and mm. people are very harsh. So Alhamdulillah, I've
0: never gone through something like that. Alhamdulillah. May Allah protect us. mean, So, mashallah, sister, we've had such um, a nice discussion today. And alhamdulillah, you've given a lot of your time. So, I'll ask you, inshallah, the final question, which is, what does the niqab mean to you?
1: Um, Niqab is my identity. Uh, it is part of... Uh, it started and is now who I am. And uh, this is something that I will... Uh, Inshallah, hopefully, keep doing, and uh, this is my connection to Deen because this is something very personal and intimate. But I also feel like other people's uh, assumptions and stereotypes do affect me, and I have to keep it. It helps me keep reminding myself of my true purpose and why am I doing this? Why am I praying? Why am I even, you know, practicing this Deen? So something uh, with something as personal as nagab, I feel like it is a continuous reminder, a continuous struggle, um, and it is something that I will. It, it's something that tests my strength, my spiritual, my spirituality. So I feel like by doing nagab, I've kind of you know kept myself in check. It has helped me in a lot of situations where I. You know, you have these temptations around you, you, especially when you're going to university or college. So it has kept me safe from those things. And um, yeah, I think it is something that keeps me secure, keeps me spiritually safe. And uh, it is something that I will always be comfortable with. And it has helped me become more empathetic to other sisters, um, become more aware about Dean about spirituality and being more empathetic, uh, yeah,
0: that is niqab for me. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Allahumma Barik sister, may Allah protect you and keep you firm. Ameen. I
1: mean, I felt really good today right. because I was able to like share a lot of my personal stories with Nikab and my struggle so hopefully me sharing this helps other sisters out as well inshallah inshallah
0: inshallah i'm sure it will inshallah thank you so much for joining us today and i'm sure the listeners will really have enjoyed you know listening to your experiences alhamdulillah especially from the perspective of a, a young artist a Muslim, Mashallah. alhamdulillah and inshallah we'll put the um the link to your instagram in the description box inshallah so that others who thank you also follow you inshallah Allah. Um assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
1: Wa assalam. Thank you so much for having me.
0: It's my pleasure sister.